What's going on, everybody? This is City Wrestling Radio, and this, well, this is the B Show. I'm your host, Corey Smith. I'm here in the Diamond Studio all by my lowsome self with my co-host of the B Show, Mr. Michael Vergara, who today is apparently miming me while I talk. How are you today, sir? Doing all right. Doing all right. Well, you know, doing better than usual. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we're you know, we're doing all right. The world's a little crazy right now. A little is kind of, this is kind of an understatement, man. Uh, yeah, um, but you know, you know, we're getting through it. We're trying to, you know, support what we support and everything. Yeah. Uh, you know, before we get into that whole discussion, you know, I want to just say, you know, Black Lives Matter for for sure. Oh yeah, that's of course something we stand for here at City Wrestling Radio. Yeah. And uh, if you don't believe that, you can just go ahead and turn our our, our, our show off. It's it's fine. Yeah, we'll... leave, leave a like before you get out of here. Don't <laughs> let the door. <laughs> yeah, you know? uh, trip over the like and share, and then get the hell out of here. You know. Uh, yeah, I know it's something of a topic that I feel like should always be approached. You know, like it's something that you know. I always thought to myself, like, oh, this is going to be an easy thing to talk about. But we're at this we're at this moment in time where we do need to really, you know, reflect, reflect and listen to the matters that be. Sometimes there comes to a point where and I feel like we're reaching that point. In fact, well, I don't even think we're even reached that point yet. I think it's just about where we have to kind of call out the systematic racial injustices in this world. And I mean, as we as demonstrated by millions upon millions of people demonstrating throughout this week, which we're here. I mean, I'll speak for everybody here in City Wrestling Radio. We are all for, and Correct. it's it's more it, it's more just it's kind of an interesting crescendo in if you're looking at it, you know, broadly, you know, because we're in the middle of a pan global pandemic, and right. we have the, the murder of George Floyd, and it's more. I don't want to say it's more potent. Like I, it's right. Like everybody's reacting rightfully so. Yeah. <clears throat> but and it's also yeah. Just, I mean, I think it's, the- it's 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 something interesting to look at and not again. Kind of it's it's kind of what you know. We kind of don't want to walk on eggshells in this sort of moment, but it's oh no. I mean, I there's plenty to say about it. Uh, oh, yeah. You know the whole you know everyone talks about oh condoning actions and then people talk about the looting and everything. I don't sit here and condone looting. I will say this though: Would people be talking about this, um, these protests, as much if there was no looting? You know, if people weren't rising up, you know, in a sort of sense. That's that's also a different. Like that is a that is a very very uh, gigantic conversation in and of itself within like the the narrative the media has is spinning because no matter what the media will always have a narrative in and of itself, objective yeah. or not. Objective. <clears throat> it's just how you present it. Uh, yeah, uh, but you know, I mean, I think we could speak for you know Jose too, and like I said, we all support the Black Lives Matter movement. You know, uh, we don't. Uh, we're we. I mean, fuck, it's just it's. I guess being born and raised in San Francisco, things like this just come naturally. You know what I mean? It's just it's it, yeah. sometimes you you really do have to check your privilege. Yeah, in certain in these certain situations, like you know, we we want to. We always kind of strive to just be better, do better, and just, you know, as Bill and Ted would say, be wonderful to each other. And yeah. it's, like you said, being born and raised in San Francisco, we we sort of have, I mean, we have a very racially diverse community. You know, we know plenty. I, 
I mean, I can only speak for myself. I've had a very, I've been blessed with a very diverse background of people. I know everybody from, and it's hard to, it's, and it's really hard. And I, and I feel like this has been a sentiment for a lot of people who aren't of the African-American race where like they, you will never, they like me, myself will never understand. Oh yeah. No, no. Even though I'm speaking as a non-white person, you know, being, being Asian American, yeah. Filipino. Yeah. And what, um, I'm speaking, being the whitest person. So like, <laughs> I, I will never understand. Overexposed. Yeah. You know, like I'm Mr. Blonde hair. <laughs> uh, so I will never understand what it's like to be persecuted by the police to which a lot of people have in this country. Um, so, you know, but all I can do is sit here. I, all I could do is s- support and use my voice and speak out against what I see. You know what I mean? Uh, it's a responsibility. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's something that people, or that's something that just we owe it to ourselves to really just approach because yeah, you, it, it, there's, there is, there's an element of truth saying, well, not even an element of truth. It's true what they say about silence, like silence is violence. You're, it is the one thing that Martin Luther King would always say right, that, right. He does not. He he himself is not concerned by the outright racists, you know, members of the KKK. He is concerned about the people who are just trying to not do anything. Yeah. You know, Dal Sim from the Street Fighter movie. He said good, bad things happen when good people do nothing. Yeah. You know, it brings that conversation where it's like, you know, you have one bad cop in a group of four and the three don't say anything. It turns into four bad cops, you know course and they 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 have all been charged and accounted for now which it's a step forward you know it's this is like chapter one of a very long book yeah and uh you know page keeps turning uh you know and a lot of this there's a lot of responses in the world of wrestling because you know we are despite the first five minutes of the show we are wrestling podcast and we are uh, yeah i Um, thought we were ranking every single tony hawk level today um but there's a lot of uh, a lot of things have come out within the world of the wrestling community. WWE put out a statement, I think, a couple days, you know, after that. I can't remember if it was it was about a day ago they put this out. This went on their Twitter. WWE uh, supports an exclusive society and condemns racial injustice. We stand beside black performers, employees, and fans around the world and encourage everyone to use their voice to speak out against racism. We offer a sincere condolence to the family of George Floyd and the families of countless others who have lost their lives due to senseless violence. Uh, yeah, so I mean... I mean you have that in a, a- like a billion other brands that have since just put out statements saying, you know, there is no place in racism in our, in our society yeah. and all this. It's kind of starting to turn into a PR campaign for a lot of these companies. You, you know, and I mean, yeah. you're damned if you do damned, if you don't. Right. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, that's true. I mean, you'll be super damned if you don't. <laughs> um, a lot of ways. Yeah. So then, you know, a, a lot of people have also, uh, fucking said some stupid shit in the world yes. of wrestling within the last couple of days uh I mean, mine, cut by the by way of i mean how many individuals are you counting right now uh i i can think of two just off the top i of can my... think of two yeah <laughs> uh first can they both start with jay no so that mean no so uh no i guess okay. that so i think the first one we're going to talk about is the one we both have and the first person that comes to mind is jackson Riker of Mm-mm. the forgotten sons Mm-mm. 
this 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 young individual uh took to twitter young. recently what Come on, man. young he, I'm 33. I mean, I'm sure I'm older than him. I mean, if he, he's probably one of those guys that looks a lot older. But he's like probably like 27. Um, he hit Twitter recently. Uh, I don't have the tweet pulled up. Maybe I'll pull it up real quick. I, yeah, he pretty much just he like Jackson. He pretty much just like tweeted out his support for. It was Trump. a short one. He said, "Thankful for POTUS we have. God bless America. Built on freedom. Forgotten no more." Uh, and this has gone a shitstorm of criticism by not only you know smart and sensible people, but WWE wrestlers as his, well. Uh, his co-workers, his uh, fellow oh, yeah. uh, wrestlers, even from AEW to WWE. Um, Bad boy and Joey Janela is, uh, is uh, someone. Someone's got to take a nice shit in his uh, gym bag. Um, Kevin one? Owens tweets: "The freedom you speak of entities, no enti- entities entitles you to speak your mind all you want." I'm not, here, I'm not here to argue that. I just really need to tell you that I think you pushing your shitty wrestling catchphrase as all of this is happening is absolutely fucking pathetic. Drag him, King. Drag him, Kevin. I'm trying to look for some more. Um, let's see. Uh, wow. Well, I mean, the fact of the matter is he is now since turned private on social media and that will turtle back into the shell of a man that he really is. Yeah. And uh, well, the one I was trying to find was uh, Mustafa Ali. Who made a reply? I'm trying to find it, but to the lines of you, he said, "I'm glad you made the statement. Um, it really shows me who you are as a person and who you are, and so I don't have to associate with you um, to keep my distance." And I mean, Mustafa Ali. I mean, he's someone you know. He is he's Muslim, correct? Um, and he is also he was a cop in the Chicago Police Force, so I think he can see things on a lot of different angles, you know, from. He, I think yeah, he quit the police force because of uh, things he saw happening within the force that he didn't agree with. Oh, uh, of course. Yeah, he is, he's been very vocal about his experiences as a, as a Chicago PD police officer. Yeah. And, you know, he, he always found, he always thought he could change the system from within. And uh, you see somebody as willing and determined as Mustafa Ali to just walk away from that really speaks volume about the, the culture that, that place really has. Yeah. Um, he, this is what he tweeted. He said, I'm thankful you posted this because I'm now aware of what you stand for. When black brothers and sisters are crying, you praise someone that refuses to acknowledge their hurts. And uh, you also got hangman Adam page. You were talking about AEW wrestlers yeah. <laughs> um, reacting to said tweet. Did he just say, uh, pretty, he pretty much, he pretty much just responded to, to a video saying, tell he pretty much just, um, what do you call it? So someone posted a tweet. A video. No, no, it was, it was he endorsed a tweet saying somebody someone should tell him to shut the fuck up politely. Well, it was a video Adam Page yeah. made where it was like he says, "Please shut the fuck up politely," and he replies politely. Yeah. Uh, and Ryan Namath, the brain dead milkshake of a tweet reads like you shook your phone and words just fell out randomly. So, uh, Sammy Zayn literally built on oppression. He says, "Yeah." Um, yeah. I mean, Sami Zayn, another person who's just outspoken in terms of the injustices going on in this world, not just racism, but also going on in his homeland of Syria, you know, mobile clinics and all. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm trying it's, to look for more. It's, a, it's yeah. a very testing time for testy time when it comes to wrestlers and social media at this point. Now that we've, you know, we, we see somebody who has just straight up just lifted their veil thinking, you know, mm-hmm. they get the support that they thought they would get or, yeah. you know, 
Yeah, no, I'm. I and, and it's also, and you got to re- also look at the optics of the situation in a wrestling, in wrestling, in the wrestling world, where the Forgotten Sons are in a program with the New Day, and the optics of that just does not look great at all. Well, yeah, um, but what's WWE they, gonna do, man? They're not gonna do a shit about this. They're gonna sit there and what they do with a guy who was uh, blurting out uh, fucking homophobic racial slurs online years ago. They just put him aside for a couple months, waiting for him to bring him back eventually. And I'm referring. I mean, to- if you really want to go even further, you got Michael Cole calling Justin Roberts the f word and not that f word, that f word. Yeah. Okay. I got you now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's and you said there was another person with a name that begins with a J. Chris Jericho, the champion. Okay, what happened with Jericho? I didn't hear. I didn't uh, hear about this. He made a statement. Well, he commented on a comment where someone said Black Lives Matter, and he just tweeted. Out, I mean, not tweeted out. He posted All Lives Matter, and any and yeah, he's the thing about Jericho. He really. He really conf- he really confuses me sometimes. Well, not confuses me. He really just kind of he's just a he's a figure that like I just look at. You, you just gotta just look at sometimes because he he comes off as somebody who really do he really kind of just both sides a lot of things. You know, he had Donald Trump Jr. on his show, yeah. uh, but then he also has you know, very progressive stances when he has Nyla Rose on his podcast. Like he's kind of be trying to become Joe Rogan in that sort of sense where yeah. he's just, he tends to be a little bit more moderate, but then also trying to emphasize what he thinks instead of just straight up listening, which I think is the problem with a lot of what's going on in this world where people just kind of refuse to listen and think they have the solutions to every problem that they see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's really all there is to this whole Jericho thing. He, like he has blocked people on Twitter, calling him out for you know just not, just not speaking out. I mean, not not speaking out, but just uh, a lot of. Uh, and there are people out views. there. There are people out there that don't really get that the All Lives Matter is a counter movement to the Black Lives Matter. You know, because oh, it's it's, it's not a it's not a matter. It's not a it's not a matter. Uh, it's not a matter of whether black life black lives matter isn't saying everyone else does not matter they are just saying hey our lives matter too why uh, why do we feel like our lives don't matter you know what i mean of course you know why are we being treated like our lives don't matter we matter and it's true and and they're just not and the thing is you say that they're not gonna listen they know exactly what they're saying when they say that yeah um but then you i mean look at look at randy orton that is uh on the on the on the flip side you see randy orton (laughs) Going all out saying, you know, like he pretty much reversing his stance from the past where he would say all lives matter, but then he come out of his way and even responded to the people saying all lives matter that like. I think him having kids Black really started turning, turning. I think that was, yeah, that was one of the first people, I, wrestlers I saw post Black Lives Matter, you know, um, to t- take support. Yeah. I'm like, wow, Randy. Okay. Like shaking the head. Here, I'll just look at, I'll just look at the tweets. And that's really just cut boils down to what our show is now, just reading wrestler tweets, because, I mean, it is, it, it's fuel to us. Well, well, no, one person says, stop spreading hate and segregation, try unity and work together. People need to change. Not something, not uh, quote unquote, something needs to change. All lives matter. And then Randy Orton tweets, all lives do matter. But the point I was trying to make is that I finally realized that until hashtag black lives matters, they can't get it. 
and uh, yeah. you know he's Randy Orton just uh, advertising the the change.org justice for George Floyd yeah um, it's really it's, it's it's really fascinating to see yeah yeah it, it, it's weird yeah like we said to see people take both sides of the matter Another person who um, hasn't really been against the Black Lives Matter or um, it's just uh, has landed herself in a lot of hot water, shall I say. Criticism. Uh, I don't even know who you're talking about. What? Criticism. Yeah. You know who I'm talking about? No. Uh, Sonny. Uh, oh, me- my God. Don't even get us started from that shit. No, we're talking about it. Just because uh, admit Sonny, like the lady who says just because you have a DOI doesn't make you a criminal. So she hit Twitter a couple days ago. She says, so all of you (laughs) haters are talking about this, uh, are in support of all this violence, looting and killing of innocent people. So it's innocent people to get harmed and killed by these animals, quote unquote. uh, But it's not okay for these animals in all capitalization letters to be taken down for their actions. Hypocrites Um, that, you know, I mean, that that prompted a whole slew of people hitting Twitter. Um, including myself, I felt like it was something that I saw and I had to retweet and tag the higher ups at WWE probably didn't even see it, but whatever. Um, I just felt like I had to say something. Um, P she says people on Twitter unfollowing me because I like president Trump and I'm against all these animals looting and harming innocent people, their homes and their businesses. Fuck. How do I ever go on living without you? Uh, laughing, (laughs) crying emoji. Again, sometimes I feel like I question why should we even talk about whatever whatever the well, fuck Sonny because, says. Because you know what? There's people out there that don't know about this, and I feel like they should understand what this person is saying, the person that I mean, that's using our voice, man. She's, <laughs> I mean, honestly, like she's been irrelevant as ever, uh, and well, I let's... just feel like I just don't. I don't really – again, I kind of just don't want to give the time of day for an individual who thinks that way and just – Deplatform. I I am a strong believer of deplatforming. Yeah. You know. Well. Sometimes you just have to make. Sometimes you just don't give certain individuals the time of day. And Sunny, I. What else can I say about that other than what she says is reprehensible? Yeah, it is. I I think it's even worse than what Jackson Riker said. You know, in a lot of ways, because then you know she goes on to call out saying, you know, oh, guilty conscience. I'm not the one who called black people animals. You guys have the guilty conscience. It's, so it's know. like Jesus fucking Christ, girl. Um, I think we got blo- she blocked us. I can't. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, no, that's fine. I'm not losing sleep over it. Are you sure, Michael? Are you all right with that? Ah, uh, you know. I kid, I kid. I uh, think about it sometimes. No more. Hopefully, no more sunny days in the WWE Hall of Fame. <sighs> see, did you see what uh, Tony Khan, what he tweeted. Uh, and, uh, speaking, of, speaking of individual, like speaking of uh, approaching individuals that you shouldn't give the time of day, Tony Khan did in fact uh, give the time of day. Gave somebody the time of day, which was one of Linda Hogan. Yeah, uh, Linda Hogan. She. I'm not going to read the tweets that she tweeted out, but she pretty much just say um, he's he has banned he has banned Linda Hogan, but he also banned her husband Hulk Hogan or well, ex husband Hulk Hogan. From AEW shows. It seems like he was banned already because she said, I'm adding you to the ban along with your ex-husband. So it seems like he was already banned, but then she was just like, okay, well, join your ex-husband. Yeah. It's, I don't know, man. Like, it's, 
I feel like part of me just kind of feels like it's posturing. Like, why does, is that? E- like, I know it's it's very necessary to respond to garbage tweets like that. Yeah. But then at the same time, you run a company that time and time again, I and I'm not and I'm not the only and I feel like I'm not the only one who's sort of uh, critical of of AEW's notion and their approach to performers of color, people of color. Um, and we could probably talk about this as we get into the dynamite show. It's that, you know, it's, it's, they have Jericho, they have Hager and they have, they are top players in that company. Yeah. Spouting constant, well, more, more to the extent of Jake Hager, who just like constantly spout garbage in their platforms. Yet they are employed by all elite wrestling. You know what? And we know, and no, and we always tout all elite wrestling as this sort of progressive wrestling company, you know, and I think it's just by virtue of being compared to something of WWE, which yeah. nobody ever really touts them as progressive at all. In fact, they, some might say, con- consider them very conservative in those mm-hmm. in their ideals. I mean, fucking Donald Trump is in their Hall of Fame, for God's sakes. And you know, yeah, one, go one thing I was going to say is really creepy about Chris Jericho. Now that he said that, and then you think back to that movie where he played a Ku Klux Klan member. Oh yeah, no, that's ammunition for and I every, know all criticism. And I know like it's just a movie role. But oh, for those for those people, <laughs> Jane Silent Bob reboot, Chris Jericho plays a Ku Klux Klan member. Yeah, and so it's just it's one of those things. It's like, okay, Jericho, it's just And it's such a throwaway scene too. And he just lifts his hood up and that's just Chris Jericho. You know, it's like I'm a Ku Klux Klan member. I'm like, whoa dude, holy shit. And you know, like I, I, you would hope that AEW had an all like an all hands on deck meeting on how to approach this. You know, you, you would, would hope think. Tony Khan would like talk to Chris Jericho, saying like, "Hey, uh, has Jericho uh, removed? Has, have, has he removed since tweet? It's still there, as far as I'm, as far as my knowledge is concerned. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's one of those guys where he's he he really wants to be Joe Rogan in the sense that." He's going to have as many people and he's going to have everybody. And he means everybody on his show. And well, you know, I know in regards to like, you know, giving a platform for people who probably shouldn't have a platform like, you know, like Donald Trump Jr. (laughs) I'll always always think that way. There's it. You know, I'm going to I like I said, I do not support the Trumps whatsoever. You know, I've voted Democrat most of my life. I, I don't think I've ever voted Republican. Maybe, you know, yeah, I don't think I ever have for any president or higher position. Maybe I did and I didn't know it for some local thing. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, that person sounds good. But it's just, but then coming from a journalistic standpoint, it's like, yeah, I can see what your point by saying don't give a lot of people a platform. But then that's kind of like, I don't know. It's it's weird. You know what I mean? It's weird because at the end of the day, he's got a podcast to run. Yeah, and having a name like Donald Trump Jr., you're going to get a lot of criticism, but you're yeah. going to get a lot. You also got to look at you know the sense of traffic going your way doing so, and that's yeah. you know that's just one philosophy on how you lead you know your own your own thing you know, and that's who. And I can only have my opinion about it. Like yeah. um, there are plenty of other opinions about it too, and. Yeah, and guys, there's like, only so many roads that that just, can be taken. Just, that. you know, if you see, it's kind of like if you see something, say something. At least in my opinion, if you see racism happening in your community, or if you see it happening online, call that. Shit oh, out. there's there's a difference between holding people accountable and giving people a platform. 
You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, well, I say call you, it out, you know. You know, yeah. if you see it happening. No, I, I, I got you on that, yeah. Nonetheless, I mean, the, the world is going through some crazy times. Luckily, the curfews are starting to be lifted around the country. I think San Francisco's just began today. Yeah. It, it lifted, so... I, I I don't I don't really know what else to say um, besides Black, Black Lives, Lives Matter. Matter. Yeah. Uh, let's I guess let's move on with some more news uh, in the world of professional wrestling. Um, <laughs> hear about the the performers in the performance center. What like they don't. So um, so I'm reading this off Ringside News. They have learned has Ringside News has learned additional details about the recent television tapings. Kevin Dunn was a person barking orders over the loudspeakers at the talent throughout the tapings. It was also implied to the NXT superstars that they are being watched and they and they quote unquote better add that extra pep. So they're being for they're being told how to react on certain situations. Our source in the Be company a hot informed crowd. us. Our source in the company informed us that Mad Bloom showed up to let to quote unquote. To let them know they're being watched and better do a good job. <laughs> what is this Orwellian bullshit going on in this in this thing? NXT superstars were not allowed to eat with the main roster. He had to bring their own lunches and eat in tents outside. It was described <laughs> to us that the fu- that the future of WWE was treated like crap and spoken to like they're animals in a circus. WWE will have another live crowd of NXT Performance Center students and superstars at their next set of tapings. They plan to record from Sunday through Wednesday before returning the next week for backlash. You know what I say? I, I say actually treat them like fans, like make them wait in a big line outside. Like they have to pay for like $20 drinks inside. and They have to buy merch. Yeah, they have to they- buy merch and wait in the merch line. So... No, that sucks. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, you work for a company like that. You kind of—they're a fucking some... weird company, man. WWE is a fucking weird company. It, it goes far as to say it's a bad company. Oh, well, but, you know, yeah, it's another conversation for later. But the, you know, what is a good wrestling company in today's day and age? You know, New Japan, yeah. I guess. I don't know, but it, it, yeah, they're a weird company. WWE is well. Uh, hopefully. Because I saw Zia Lee in the crowd this last week. Hopefully, she got a place to sit down. And Nobody sat down. No, like oh, they what? had stool. They had stools in oh, between sessions, and then they had to take them away because, like, I, I, I oh, feel like wanna... the only, the only justification it is because oh, the stuff we're showing them is so, is so engaging. You have no choice but to stand up. Everybody's just so excited for ten plus fucking hours watching wrestling. Because uh, yeah. they, because they tape them in bulk. You know, they do. Yeah. You know, yeah, one uh, twice a week. So you know, do I don't know, man. It, it, it's it's fucking weird. But they got they got um, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what to say on that. At a certain point, it's dumb. Give give them a place to sit. I don't know. And uh, what else we got in the news today? Um, I heard there Arn was... Anderson signed a multi year deal with AEW. Well, I saw a new deal. He said on the was it on the on the Arn show. Afterwards, yeah. and Coach's Corner. I got the quote right here. All right. About a year ago, I didn't want to be anywhere where I'm not wanted. A year later, it seems I'm wanted somewhere. And I'm very happy to say today, I signed a multi-year contract with AEW. I'm absolutely thrilled to be here with all this young talent and watch this company blossom into being the platinum of all of our industry. You know, I was, hope- I was uh, hoping he they every time he talks, they could somehow work him to go like this. 
to do yeah, every time form. he finishes a sentence he just does this <laughs> no he just goes so this thing he does ago, the four he does the four horsemen he goes signal he goes podcast listener yeah he goes um you know about a year ago and do you know how many quarters there are in a year and he just holds up the four <laughs> like yes Arn. Thank uh-huh. you. And then for some reason, you hear a bunch of horses galloping in a guitar. <laughs> Shayna Baszler comes out. And and the and the guitar riffs yeah. of that song. It's a good song. What a great fucking theme song. It's a really good theme song. It's it's. Uh, but yeah, Arn Anderson signs a new four-year deal with All Elite Wrestling. I mean, continuing him on the path of uh, being a, the coach in the coach's corner after mm-hmm. the show. Uh, and good, good on him, man. Um it's good to see him having a place to work and, I guess, grow as a performer. Job security. Job no. security. Yeah, you know. Cheers for good job security. I don't know. It, it, at a certain point, though, it's like AEW is just hiring just everyone as a fucking manager. Everyone's got a manager. Taz is a manager now for Brian Cage. And uh, you got, you know, Jake is a manager for Lance Archer. It's definitely a line to be, like, that to damn be totally. You know, there's some there's some, you know, partnerships that I do feel like are pretty questionable. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think Tully I think Tully Blanchard should be somebody above Sean Spears with all due respect to. Well, to after after Spears. last week, the other week. Yeah, definitely. I, because did you see that? Did you see that promo? Well, Tully I mean, Blanchard. We'll, we'll get into it. It was, on, it was on AEW. Yeah. Well, the thing is, that was on AEW. It was a heavily edited version that I think they it was two minutes. And like you're telling me in this taped edition of AEW, you couldn't you couldn't show you couldn't spare two minutes of that promo because I that was one of the best things I saw. All Damn, week, totally. Honestly. Damn, totally. it was incredible. Uh, yeah. Too many managers, I think. So and then you know, the people talking about, oh, Sting. Sting might be coming to AEW. He's a free agent. I can say. What if, so what the fuck Sting going to do in AEW? He's going he's he's to be Darby what Allen's manager. What if he returns to Impact? Yeah, that's that's what I was saying, because, man. Because like for those who don't know, Impact uh, this week uh, there yeah. was a video for Slammiversary. For Slammiversary, and it showed it showed Mike Canella, Mike and Maria Canellis. Showed the Bullet they Club. Showed, it showed the uh, showed Gallows the, and Anderson. They showed and then they, they showed the Bulgari- a Bulgarian flag. And they also hinted at Ethan Carter the third. Yeah. Well, so EC three EC three is definitely going back to Impact. That there's yeah. no question. That guy is definitely going back to Impact. Um, it's I can I'm see glad. Rusev going. Honestly, good for Impact because with a with the way AEW roster sh- like shaping up to be mm-hmm. like when when those when those um when those releases went like there was a good amount of people that we saw was like maybe AEW isn't the right place for them. Yeah. Well, you know, I heard WWE is offering a lot of these low budget contracts now for some of the stars they tried to fire. Yeah, um, so. like a, for a fraction of the like they're 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 getting a for, for what like a fraction of what they got. Yeah, no. you know, some pay. Hey, some people some people said no. Some people said yes. Some people, yeah. Some people said yes. Some we'll get there for the people who said who yes. said yes. Did you not want? No, we'll get there. Oh, what Fandango? Drake Maverick. Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess. But we're I'm, I'm talking about like non-storyline. These are people who are actually offered contract. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah, he's probably offered a, a, a contract. I mean, you don't even know. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe he was the one that was never even. Think this was a work? I th- honestly, I mean, we'll get into it, but yeah. I mean, by all by all accounts, they people are saying like legitimately that dude was fired, and. WWE offered to rebook their tournament if Drake didn't want to work with him. Dude, there's so many people fucking. So many people lie in WWE. Come on, man. Like, 
It's 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 a carnival. Uh, speaking of carny acts, uh, this past—I mean, this all of wrestling's a carny act. So you can well, just, you can plant that. You can plant that. Uh, working on my segue, segue anyway. Uh, yeah, speaking of a carny act, this past Monday saw a match between Kyrie Sane and Nia Jax. Um, where um, it was a heavily edited match because, I mean, I think we talked about this a little bit last week, where, uh, yeah, we did actually, um, where Nia Jax injured um, Kyrie Sane by giving her a kind of a buckle bomb, right? Or no, Irish whipping her into the uh, the stairs where her, le- her head landing um, right on the edge. Kind of uh, what happened to Rey Mysterio, but r- real life, you know. Uh, Kyrie Sane suffered a laceration on her head. Um, it was bleeding all over the place. On the show, though, it was edited out to uh, make it look like that. But the blood never showed. Yeah, the blood never showed. But they showed a surprising amount of what Nia did, which I thought everybody was thinking, like, "Oh, they're never going to show this." Yeah, yeah, I knew they were. But uh, like again, everybody wasn't like. There were people who were certainly rushing to criticize Anaya Jax, but then I was of the belief like, okay, let's kind of wait and see what the actual, what actually happened. Yeah. And now upon watching, uh, upon watching the said spot, like, dude, like they're like, Nia Jax is totally at fault here. <laughs> like the way she threw well, yeah. Kyrie Sane into the steps like that, like there was no way Kyrie Sane could have, could have like maintained control with a throw like that with like something is unsafe of a spot. Well, a lot of people in WWE have 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 not gone on the record, but have said that she doesn't know they her told own Brian Alvarez. This. No, 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 that she oh, doesn't yeah? know her own strength. This is something that's gone around for a long time is that Nia Jax doesn't know her own strength. And when you I think you said it last week, when you Irish whip somebody, you're not throwing them. They're running. You're just kind of guiding them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if somebody doesn't run you shouldn't forcefully throw them they do most of the work exactly you know Kyrie Sane should have done most of the uh you know and if there's a reason why she's not going you don't fucking push her into the stairs you know head first it's not the first time Nia Jax has hurt somebody it's not going to be the last Uh, a lot of people in WWE has said it wasn't her fault uh came out in support of Nia Jax uh where then the thing you were referring to the message to Brian Alvarez where an unnamed person in WWE said this person needs to be effing fired they're gonna effing hurt somebody again you can say fuck I know but yeah I know it's good to show restraint unlike Nia Jax yeah uh it's 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 just man Nia man I can't I can't I couldn't defend that spot I really do think Listen, Naya's Naya. Like she's only gonna like she has been in this company what for more than five years. She's been yeah. training for most of those five years, and there comes to a point where you well, can only, has she you been? Can only, no, you can, yeah, you can only you can only be as better as you know what you can do. Yeah, and there comes to a point where the responsibility doesn't fall on Nia Jax anymore. The responsibility goes to WWE. Like they didn't have to book, like they made a conscious decision to book this match against Kyrie Sane, knowing what they know in regards to these two having chemistry with each other. And yeah, you can bring the argument like, well, how are they supposed to get better if you're not going to give them the chance, give them the second chance that maybe it was just a mistake one time. Well, dude, the mistake happened again. So the, by definition of insanity, insanity, you do the same thing and expect and expect expecting a different, different result. Yeah. And so this is what you get. You're not learning from your mistakes. In fact, in fact, in fact, you the responsibility kind of has to lie on WWE at this point. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, I send her back to developmentalist. She's got to train, actually train more. It doesn't seem like she's progressed at all. Uh, you know, from the time she came into the WWE in NXT, where she was legitimately like, I for a minute, I was like, okay, it's Nia Jax. But I was never like, oh, she's a horrible wrestler. There's value to Nia Jax. And she's not a horrible wrestler. She just has been an unsafe worker. I can't I say wanna, she's I, mean, I can't say she's a horrible wrestler. I'm not a wrestler. I'm not, I, I have not been like trained. I can say that. You can say that. From see, what I've seen. The, here, here's, here's that thing. Here's what you just said there. Like, oh, I'm not a wrestler. Like. The key, like when people say like, oh, you can't do, you can't, you, you're not in a position to say that because you've never taken a bump before. Like I'm always, I always object to that kind of sentiment because at the end of the day, the wrestler is in service of the viewer, you know, the person yeah. watching. Yeah. And when the viewer doesn't like what they see, then yeah. what are they there for? That's you know true. what I'm saying? Yeah, you're right. Like yeah. it's, it's not there to, it's not, the wrestlers shouldn't be there to feed their own egos. They should always be at the service of who they're, they're looking either. They're in, they're in service too. Yeah. you know, as a consumer, you want to, you kind of just have to expect that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Nia Jax, get, 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 get some more training. <laughs> Kyrie saying get better. And like, you would have to imagine the amount of leverage Nia Jax herself has from, in regards to the politics of that company, because there was, I remember the rock, he was, I think it was a sports illustrated interview where he flat out would have conversations with Nia Jax saying if to know your worth, like sometimes like say, kind of has she kind of with that connection of being the rock being in the rocks family like he, he would give her you know tips on like how to really muddy the waters right so to speak where like she's like say like leave the company like blah 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 give her like a bunch of advice and knowing that with that with that rock connection they don't want to they don't want to quote unquote burn that bridge and i feel no. like is it really that worth it at this point well i mean to keep the rock happy to, to, to keep Nia Jax pre- he could be president one day so oh yeah you saw that did you see that speech uh, I mean I didn't see the entire thing but you know him I, speaking out against it's, President I Trump mean, I'll, I'll, I'll echo what Meltzer said because I feel like that's what we've been doing for the past three years it's pretty sad the fact that it takes an ex-wrestler actor to say what needs to be said to, to say what the posi- people in the positions of power I failed to say for the like forever. Yeah. And I granted, I never expect anything, someone like Trump to say something, what the rock would say, but that just in the broader, in the broader sense, that's just, yeah, that really yeah, just yeah. goes to show how sad it is. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess, uh, uh, anything else in news today? <laughs> I mean, I guess it, it's always, there's always going to be news. Like I know, like oh, just, that's true. You know, every time I mean, every time we like sign off on this, the ratings come out, and um, oh, those ratings! Oh. I don't think that I don't honestly. I feel like those ratings are going to be bad, considering because everybody's just too busy watching the news now. People watching that news, so people watching that news. Let's uh, let's let's talk a little AEW Dynamite and NXT, shall we? And anything after our reviews, we're going to talk a little bit about the um, the NXT Takeover in your house, in our houses. <sighs> Uh, I wonder if, you think they're going to have Todd Pettengill? Uh, I feel like they should. They should, but 
Um, they definitely need to give away a house. Zoom call. Like, hey, everybody, Todd Pettengill here. Like, I, I, to me, that guy is in your house. He is the number one voice I associate with in your house. Uh, so let's get into it. Our weekly reviews. AEW Dynamite. Let's kick it off with that. Uh, they So off the top, we get a video graphic with 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 sentimental music, you know, the, with the, with dramatic piano music and all, with just words saying, your voice matters, your ideas matter, your dreams matter. We hear you, we see you, we stand with you, and that black lives matter. And I felt coming, coming out of that graphic, I think this was something I think is going to be interpreted in many ways regarding the company's handling of the entire situation. Yeah. You know, I mean, we... We belabored this point before, you know, in regards to AEW and how they they manage their manage. Like, look at that top five. Have you have you seen those top five recently? No. Like, it, like in their the very, single the men's singles, like not a white. single black person in their top five. Yeah, dude. I yeah. Well, well, you know that that <laughs> the discussion can be had any day for you know why and pretty much in pretty much all sports there are at least. Um, hundreds of black athletes that are great at the sport, let alone champions at the sport, current champions at the sport, whether it be team or individual sport, but yet in the sport that's predetermined for you some, you don't see that. And it's because it's a, dominated yeah. by white men. And uh, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we can get into this right now. Like they made, they made an audible. Uh, Phoenix was originally going to be Cody's opponent for the TNT championship next week. And they made that change to make it Mark Quinn. Like you heard that on commentary, like Phoenix is going to. Well, it, that was it because that they wanted to put Mark Quinn in the match or was it because Phoenix wasn't there for the match? Cause I heard it's because Phoenix wasn't there. Phoenix the is there. Phoenix is. Oh, I heard he wasn't there. there. Pentagon isn't. Okay. Pentagon isn't there. Okay. Phoenix has been in their tape. The only reason why they kind of put it off is because he's been, he got injured that yeah. the week before that double or nothing pay-per-view. And again, it really begs the question of them making changes. Like, dude, did they put Mark Quinn into this match, into the Cody match because they, they wanted they wanted a more diverse show in regards to that like you see you yeah. it's we all again uh, we always made that point that AEW is a very progressive company yet well, most of their most of their most of their black talent jobs at AEW dark a show called AEW dark like it's uh, I will I, I think at a certain point you know it, we can read you can read into anything and read into it too much that the but uh yeah no you're right um it, it's I think there's a lot of things happening in this world where a lot of people don't notice what they're doing and maybe they're just realizing what they're doing. It's a conversation to be had. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people with systemic racism, you know, or systematic racism. It's it's something that can be unconscious at times. You know, I think even, you know, growing up in the 90s, I probably have said something that I'm that would be, I would slap myself. I'd be like, shut up, Corey. Oh, you know, everybody. I feel like everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? So nobody's perfect. So maybe maybe they realize, fuck, are are we are our shows too white? You know that could be it could be or it could be, hey, this is going on. We need to you know diversify not, the matches, so to speak. And and it's not to say that I'm you know saying that AEW is you know rate like I'm not again. I, I feel like nobody should reach this conclusion that AEW is racist, but oh, no, representation no. matters. Absolutely. It is a very important thing to promote because you are because if you don't, you're going to get stuff like this, like the situation that we have right now. 
You know, you're going to have a bunch of people saying ignorant bullcrap. Yeah. Because it's you're not born. You're not. And you can't. You're not necessarily born into being racist. You can be around racism all the time. Yeah. And like you said, it's a it's a subconscious thing. And I. And then you really got to really got to echo the fact that, like, do you really should should they push? Like, you got to just have to say, like, Mark Quinn being, you know, in the there's my immediate reaction when I heard Mark Quinn was facing Cody um, next week was like, why is Mark Quinn? What did he do to deserve this title shot? Right. But then at the end of the day, like, not like you know, what did he do to deserve it, but like, I you honestly want to know, like, did did oh, are they just going to give a random person every week a title shot? Is, it is called an open challenge. They yeah. Did they did maybe he was like, oh, there was a list. There, Cody put a list out, and Mark Quinn was the first to sign it, and there you go. But there's a whole <laughs> list of people that he has to face yeah. every well, next week. You know, um, but coming you know, Chuck Taylor. Well, you know. Or a knee injury. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. All you wrestling. Hey, I hope we. I hope this conversation never ends. Honestly, because the second that it does, we're just gonna have a never-ending cycle. Of this. Yeah. No, well, that's kind of what yeah. it's been like for years. But <laughs> let's talk wrestling. <laughs> everyone's around you. Uh, everyone's around Daly's place. You have oh. Britt Baker with a special stage for her wheelchair, aptly named the Rolls Royce. Spelled differently um, this week. Yeah, no, I think it's because the L looks like an E. Okay. Because she it was in cursive. I, yeah, yeah. I get that confused, too. Starting off, we got Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc take on AEW Tag Champions, Hangman, Adam Page, and Kenny Omega for <laughs> the AEW Tag Team Champions. Uh, Hangman Adam Page returning to Daly's place. Uh, his absence was certainly felt. I'll yeah. Tony puts over on commentary saying Paige most likely quelled any tension with Omega and the Bucks for now. Uh, hint, hint. Kenny and Havoc lock up. The dream match everyone's asking for coming true. Uh, gets ankle grabbed by Penelope. Uh, you have the best friends scouting at ringside. Winner takes them uh, takes them on at the Spider Fest. They build heat on Omega. Ward tries a Hurricane Rana on Paige with the distraction, but Paige catches like he catches her with from the Hurricane Rana, and then he just asks Rick Knox like. What am I supposed to do? Am I just supposed to drop her? And then Rick Knox is like, "Yeah, do it." And like he just straight up just okay and just drops her on her on her back. Yeah. I thought that was a really funny spot. Um, and at this point, uh, Paige yeah, Paige does that. Rick Knox kicks her out, kicks Penelope Ford out, giving Havoc the chance to hit both Paige and Omega with a foreign object because he's Jimmy Havoc. It's not a match without any foreign object. Uh, they build heat on Omega, backstab. Backstabber on the corner from Omega to Kip as he gets double teamed. Big boot to a Katara Crusher to a shooting star press on Sabian kick and a kick out. Havoc tries to kill Paige with a hacksaw, uh, but Paige avoids it. Larry to Kip. Havoc does a jumping European uppercut, uppercut, aka uh, Shore Yukin, because we're all nerds. Diving stomps to Kip to Kenny, jumping DDT to Omega and get covered, but Paige saves him. They put extra work on Omega, poison Rana and all. Omega fights back with a V-trigger attack to Paige, assisted German to Havoc, assisted powerbomb to Sabian, last call to Havoc, and then champs retain the AEW Tag Championships. Yeah, this match is too long. (laughs) I mean, I thought the match was pretty good. It I'll say this: um, as soon as Ford got out of it was as soon as Ford got out of the equation, it built it. It kind of ramped up for me a little bit. Um, I think the chemistry uh, as a tag team for Hank, for Adam Page and Kenny Omega are they're good. They're among I, some might say the among the best in the world right now. Uh, just 
the way those guys, the way their offense just kind of just gels, gel with each other. I think it's just top to bottom. Yeah. Some of the best, some might even, some might argue better than the bucks. Um, yeah. You got best friends looking on. You also have FTR who are socially distancing. They are just far away from everybody there. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny. There's a heel side and then there's a face side, but yeah. you got FTR in between distant from everybody else. But like I said, I thought this was on autopilot. Uh, What? They're tweeners. Yeah, you could say that. I mean, that interview with Tony. We'll get there. We'll get there. But yeah, good match. Good match. Good match. Too long, my opinion, but nonetheless. Yeah, you could. You could. I could definitely see the argument of shaving like five minutes, but we got a two hour show to do, man. We interrupt a live raging of Tully Blanchard to show us more Tully and Sean Spears. Tully enters a car with Sean Spears and gives him a glove, saying he has the missing piece. Fucking, I don't know. Like, I'm sure there's, like, somebody with, like... Like, I know that, that the glove thing is, like, a fucking gimmick in, like, old-school wrestling. You know, it's yeah, it's very, like, like you, I, put, you put on the, the fingerless glove and all of a sudden your your punches are, like, because it's leather. It's you know, very much something leather hurts t- by ten times more. It's very much a thing that Tony Khan, being the territory wrestling nerd that he is, just dug up and just like here we'll use this. Yeah, it, 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 see that's the thing is I know uh, the local wrestler here, uh, the All Pro Wrestling uh, Worldwide Internet Champion Leroy Shapiro. He has uh, the glove, but he, his whole gimmick is he's old school. You know what I mean? Which makes sense, but. Sean Spear, if, if that's his new gimmick that he's old school, sure, but it, he's always been kind of old school though. He comes at, he comes up to like of. really like new hip hop music with like flashy lights and I love spark. that song. No, it's a way. good song, absolutely, but it's not yeah, old school. You know what I mean? Like this guy Levi Shapiro, he comes out with like an old like like uh, like Letterman jacket with like the glove. You know what I mean? And he comes out to some old ro- old classic rock as opposed to Sean Spears. Everything about him is very modern. So, okay. Yeah, modern, like Tully Blanchard. Well, that's the thing. It's t- damn Tully. It's a very, it's a very, it's a very, uh, it's contrasting. It's yeah. a contrast. Well, Corey, who can stop the path who, of Cage? Who, 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 who? Will it be Sean Dean? I think so. My money's on Dean. The Dean system. Will uh, Sean Dean beat Brian Cage? Is this Simon Dean's brother or cousin? Sure, why not? Okay. Uh, now, well, to answer your question about if Sean Dean can beat Brian Cage, uh, he can't. He, Cage tosses him around oh. and it ends with a drill claw. Oh. That's pretty much it. Every time, I just, okay. I feel like you're showing at this point, we've reached that point, if we see, a, like, wrestler X saying we'll be in action, you're pretty much just telegraphing now that- Brian Cage will be in action later tonight! Chris well, Jericho will it's, be in it's, action! It's a, it's a telegraph that, yeah. A- it's either A, they don't know who yet, or B, it's going to be a squash match. Yeah, it's usually a squash match. And I don't know Spaghetti how much squash like, match. they've. I feel like they've uh, they've overdone that done that advertising ploy at this point. Like, which sometimes I, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like it should be telegraphed. Sometimes it shouldn't. Yeah. Who am I to say? Well, what, what are you going to do? Be like, oh, next up, Brian Cage versus Sean Dean. He would still I feel like that kind of. I feel like that goes a long way. Honestly, he, he like still it know. gives. But I mean, yeah, you're giving, you're giving a spotlight. I think what what AEW should be doing is give a spotlight to these jobbers. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have a le- at least a little sense of legitimacy towards the right. opponent. Right. Right. You know, if they have like give that, yeah. the, like take a picture of them for once. Take a picture. It, it's worth a million and put, dollars. And put and put that on Works. the graphic. You know, I. 
I, I think that goes a long way. Oh, Those one person. One person we didn't bring up was the the Clutch Adams situation. Yeah, fuck him. Yeah. Uh, Post match, uh, yeah. Taz gets the microphone and he says he's gonna pull the curtain for a little bit. I don't know what what I was going for with that accent. Uh, <laughs> says Mox has the audacity to snicker as how much Cage is gonna beat the shit out of him. He, they want to be taken seriously. He's Brian Cage. And then he says the catchphrase again: "Beat him if you can, survive if he lets you." And then out comes uh, Beat him if you can. Surprise if he lets you. Come see the majestical Brian Cage on display today at the Carnival. Of Taz. The Carnival of Taz here in New Jersey. Uh, Yeah, Coney Island right here. Who could stop the Brian Cage? Mox. Yeah, sorry. Okay. John Moxley comes out, uh, but before he enters the ring, Taz tells him he to think and be careful. Well, Mox says this is fun. He wants that level of intensity, and that's why he's in this business. But be clear, him going into the ring is the farthest thing from a game. Says it would take him all night long to take to take John Moxley out, asking Taz to understand who the hell he's talking about with Max Moxley. I thought this was a pretty good fiery promo going into uh, Fighter Fest. Um, and I think this is just what this needed, you know, an interaction between these two. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, you did. did it. Yeah. Alex Marvez finds Lance Archer and Jake the Snake mid-murder after a two-week search, probably. Like, they just, it's like, like you just see Alex Marvez, like, oh, finally, we found them. It's like they just were going around. in a around field or somewhere? In a field, and he's beating up the nearest luchador that they could find, which. Well, six feet, man, six feet. Yeah. Uh, he's mad over the Cody loss to a point where Jake says sorry on his behalf after murdering that man. Oh. It's, uh, it's a reminder that Lance Archer exists. Yeah. We get an update on Mark Quinn of Private Party as he was helped to the back last week. Uh, Matt Hardy runs into Private Party in a bar. Uh, Mark Quinn dances to show his knee is all right. Hardy tells Private Party if they need any help, let them know. He goes over the fact that, like, Hardy Boys, they thrived on the advice from others, from older people, and then he's just paying it forward. Yeah. Uh, they uh, a hearty party trio is proposed as Matt leaves and runs into Sammy Guevara, who's rolling around in his hit me up mobile. Matt says, "We're good, respect." As Sammy is confused by such normalcy. <laughs> uh, yes. What do you think of that? What do you think of Matt Hardy and the whole private party situation? Uh, I mean, are they going to form another another stable? It's going to be another stable. A the, trio. The Hardy Party. Uh, I think this is just Matt Hardy, just kind of going around he's like the well he's is he gonna be the manager for the private party for private party now i mean he can, he's a he's above management he's above being a manager yeah no yeah, i mean is. yeah that's definitely in his future but then he can still go i mean well yeah obviously know. yeah but it's he's just match. Yeah. It, it just to me it seems like that old veteran who's going to give some advice to the younger guys and and follow them and and, and show them the way and to me it seems like god fucking they're taking a spot another fucking um uh, manager? No, it just seems like another like person, like guy. I don't know. I know Matt no, Hardy's I mean, a wrestler, I, uh, but it, I definitely see what you mean in the fact that like some some of these wrestlers can definitely stand on their own. Like I, when I think managers too, I think of people like I think NXT's really getting it right with like Malcolm Biven and, um, and Robert Stone as it's managers. The, it's just, it's just the fact that they're they're giving the managers are like the performers who are being given a manager. I. Again, like I said, uh, they're they're given to people who can definitely stand on their own. Yeah, like you, 
I, I Lance Archer can stand on his own. Yep. Sean Spears can stand on his own. Yeah. yeah. The <laughs> whole point of a man, like in a more traditional sense, the whole point of a manager is to give shine a spotlight to people who are normally not that good on the mic. Right. Correct. Uh, and, um, we uh, we get a recap of Jungle Boy the the Jungle Boy Battle Royale win with the corniest music imaginable. Um, well, we get the, at this point we have an announcement that Fighter Fest is a two night event, uh, July first and July eighth on TNT. We also get like a lot of video recaps going on here. Uh, we get a well, it is a taped show and they only could only show so much. We get a recap of the Tyson Jericho encounter, editing editing as little gooch as they possibly could. Uh, and then that brings us to our. You know what's match. funny? I looked back and I was like, "This fool looks like a raccoon." Like he literally put like the paint. Oh, that dude! Like, that dude was super fucking high. And it wasn't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was really high. Too. And I'm not. And I'm not talking about marijuana. Like he was high on something. And uh, it wasn't even like paint. It seemed like he put either like he just rubbed one layer of paint. And was like I'm good. Or he like took somebody's makeup and was like I'm good. It's either way. That dude was super awesome. Did, did you like, hear about that? It, like, it's th- really no, because they didn't know that he was Mike Tyson was coming with that entourage. Well, they knew he was coming with some people. They didn't know he was coming with that many people. With fucking Henry Cejudo and, and I, Rashad Evans, and I think that's Bell why Bell. that's why they didn't name the, these people because I think a lot of them were like unsure. Like, well, should we name these people? Do we have or do we can we name these people? Like, can we hate like, say he, Henry like, Cejudo? Wait. You know, for political, like, can we not acknowledge this person for political reasons? Exactly. Exactly. It's like you know, um, they didn't know what to do. Exactly. And I feel like they're they were kind of just overthinking in that yeah, exactly. regard. Exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, it, would you rather over? Um, but yeah. Would you rather over overthink than underthink? I don't know. Yeah. Cole Cabana versus Chris Jericho in a in a huh? I I mean like when as soon as they like as soon as they announced that on the card, I was like huh. I guess this is happening. And, yeah. Uh, I'm looking at your face right now. Sorry. No, I'm uh, looking at something. Sorry. I, I was going to say, I thought like, are we going to get a sense of breaking news or something? No, but, no, no. Uh, yeah. To a, a podcast versus podcast match. Yeah. You, know, you got Chris Jericho and Cole Cabana. Just, I, it was kind of a dream match. It was kind of surreal to see these two guys. Cause like, these guys never worked with each other before. Yeah. By, yeah. You know, by virtue of just being in different lanes in, of wrestling. You have Sammy Guevara singing Judas real good, like good, good, yeah. jump karaoke style. Uh, Cold starts hot, but Jericho comes back with Ronda Rousey corner strikes, Asahi moonsault to Jericho and Hager from Cabana with some blood on his mouth after landing. Hager tosses Cabana around the apron and turbo- turnbuckle as ref Aubrey Edwards is distracted. You have Sammy cheering Jericho on hard cam. Colt tosses Jericho onto the corner of a- off a bulldog. They exchange strikes. Bionic elbow from Colt. Flying apple on the corner. Middle rope splash for two counts. Jericho does a back elbow and attempted lion salt. And as soon as he hit that back elbow, I just thought, like, that's the Judas effect. Shouldn't, he, shouldn't that be yeah, over yeah. now? <laughs> yeah. Lion tamer on Colt reaches the ropes. Uh Avalanche Frankensteiner on Jericho, two count. A lot of pin attempts here. Colt really taking it to the former champ. And as soon as I type that, Judas Effect on Colt Cabana. Um, commentary puts over the fact that Colt got too fancy there. And uh, yeah, pin and win. Jericho uh, Jericho puts over Colt. I mean, yeah, Jericho wins against Colt Cabana. Yeah. I thought this was, I honestly kind of liked this match. Like, as like on paper, like I was surprised by the amount of chemistry these two had together. Well, I, I think they're going to eventually push Colt to a position of prominence in the show. Not world champion prominence, but 
a storyline. You know, they one could they could build him up one day to be world champion. Like if he win, wins the world title, it'd be like the underdog who won the title. TNT, I, I could see. Him yeah, that for sure. TNT. But I'm saying, like, if he did win the world title, it'd be like, oh my god, I can't believe after all these years he finally overcame all these obstacles, and they could build him up to it. But I don't see it happening. So I think I think they see Colt as this, you know, this veteran who like who's sort of above the title at this point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But yeah, I was I was honestly surprised. Like it wasn't a long match. I kind of I kind of wish they went a little bit longer just to see how far they can go. But nonetheless, uh, Jericho wins. Yeah. Jericho tells everyone post-match Jericho tells everyone to shut their ass and to give him respect Sa- uh, says what happened to Cole Cabana is going to happen to Tyson uh, says Ty- says Tyson and Jericho is the match t- is the match everyone wants to see and he wants them right here right now and he asks for the baddest man on the planet and when he's asking for the baddest man on the planet asking ye shall receive bow to the bow to the bow to the bow wow. France. Orange Cassidy music Orange Cassidy's music plays and he is just like just slithering into the ring and then he stares down he um he puts jericho's hands in his belt divots because he has no pockets yeah and um you see jericho just lightly corpsing like look at this guy what does he think who does he think he is and then hagar tries to strike orange cassidy but orange he put cassidy uh, oc he puts his hands in his pockets um hagar tries to hit uh tries to surprise cassidy with a with a strike but then cassidy ducks with ha- all with his hands on his pockets he escapes to the ring apron he escapes to the ring with the best friends at ringside as they kind of like they lift him up like he's fucking uh puff like daddy in that, no he's, he's like puff daddy in that uh making the band dave Chappelle skits oh yeah yeah. where he just gets carried by his entourage it's kind of it's kind of it kind of reminded me of i that. need you to get some and, cambodian uh, breast milk you made my day. Yay. But uh, yeah, God, uh, that was this is pretty much the program to hold us over until Tyson shows up. Yeah, Fighter Fest. I can see Cassidy. It's going to be Cassidy, um, Jericho, and I think somehow Tyson's going to get involved, and Orange Cassidy's going to win. I hope that happens. Yeah. Like I don't think I don't think they're not going to bury Cassidy, especially with how big of a fan Tony Khan is of Orange Cassidy. He was he was him for Halloween. Like what well, kind of idiot be, be what kind of idiot becomes Orange Cassidy for Halloween? Let's move on. Anyway, yeah, yeah, Orange Cassidy versus Jericho. I you think that main events one of the nights? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, no, no. But do you it, think it, it start? Okay, do you think it starts one of them? It, it's gonna, it's gonna be leading into the main event. But um, yeah, yeah. I, mean, it, I, 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 I definitely, definitely see. I can, I can definitely see that. You know, um, you know. I think it's gonna be a back and forth match, and Jericho's gonna cheat, and then all of a sudden the refs There's gonna get be a knocked ton of smoke out. And mirrors. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it's gonna be a dust that finish, as they say in the business. Um, but I just, sort of kind of want to save that for a crowd, though. Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho. What are we going to do? Then, uh, how, Dude, are things, gonna aren't do? Gonna, things aren't really going to – I don't think things are really going to open up until September. So, Man, I mean, that's, that's just that's, what a lot that's, of and, – and that's, and that's optimistic, honestly. And on, Well, I'm just going off of what, you know, like the gym – like the gym is like, we'll hold your thing off till September. And my work is like, September is when we're going to start phasing people back I in. I mean, like so, – we'll You know, yeah, just – I you mean, know. you know, with the, with the large protests going on, like – Second wave. A second wave. A second wave was was inevitable, but I just feel like this is now it's super inevitable. Yeah. But not to say that there's nothing wrong with the protests. You know, make your voice heard. Speak up. 
and all yeah, that. It's just a difficult situation with you it know, is a very difficult a, situation. A global pandemic. The timing is very yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I heard West Nile's back too. By the way. Oh great! Um, speaking of difficult situations, we check up on Britt Baker with a very dramatic but comedic montage of her rehab. Like we get shots of her. Um, rolling her wheelchair with weights like attached to it yeah. you got rebel just like cheering her on you got doc samson and tony shivani cheering her on as she um as she wheels her way into an inclined uh inclined elevated floor yeah, I, yeah. this was awesome it was I, good i liked it red baker funny. is making the most out of the, out of her situation the way they have handled her like it's talk you know singing the another week where we just sing the prizes of one Britt baker yeah. it, it was great yeah. i loved it uh Big Swole versus Nyla Rose. Uh, you have Hikaru Shida just staring. It's my swole pose. Yeah. Yep. Swole. You have Hikaru Shida like with a, just an extreme close-up just looking at Nyla Rose like, I'm looking at you, Nyla. Yeah. I'm looking at you, Nyla. That's exactly what Hikaru Shida – like that's 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 how she sounds when she thinks. Um, I, yeah. Anyone else? Go on. Yeah, go on. Uh, side headlock from Swole to Rose. This goes on for quite some time. Just Swole, just rest uh, – just – just putting the clamp on uh, Nyla Rose. Yeah. Swole puts Rose in an abdominal stretch. Rose overpowers her. Swole gets the knees up off a splash. Cut her from Swole for a two count. Swole does a chop block and a big kick to the back of the head. Rose does a spear, but Swole counters a beast bomb for the pin attempt, but a two. Uh, Dirty Dancing is countered to a spine buster on Swole for the pin. And when I, this got a surprising amount of time. Uh, yeah. This was, this went, I feel like this was the best match between each other. I, it was a pretty uh, good match. I like I this match a lot. I thought they, despite the loss, I thought Big Swole, like, they shined a spotlight from her. They they covered for her saying that, you know, she was on a she was on a two-month hiatus considering that she is immune. And, like, shoot-wise, she's immunocompromised. Yeah. Um, to a point where I feel like... A lot of people, a lot of people came back this week, but we'll yeah. get more into that. And so... You know, they that's that's a good cover for the loss, and I think they 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 have. I came off thinking they these guys have plans for Big Swall, and even yeah, more so, yeah, no, definitely, and, and even more so in this post match with Tony interviewing her, uh, interviewing Big Swall post match. Swall says, despite the loss, it's good to be back after two months, and then Britt Baker jaw jacks the entire and hijacks the entire promo and asks Rubble to back up the Rolls Roy the Rolls Royce towards Swall, so her backing up means she's going closer yeah to the she ring. is on a wheelchair that's on top of that green cart that ran down sammy guevara yeah so <laughs> and uh, i thought she was gonna fall off of that thing once it tried to drive away yeah, once, really fast yeah. i was got oh but no she's good uh well the one thing i was gonna I, say I kinda, you know what like what? as long as she as like assuming like she's okay afterwards yeah. i kind of wish that would happen yeah that would be fucking hilarious um they gotta be careful yeah they gotta be careful they don't want to re-injure her leg but the one thing i was gonna say about this uh i i don't know why but last night i think i sent the message to you but i can really see nyla as a fucking really good face in AEW eventually oh yeah no definitely like this That's, like e- don't even change anything this, about her character just you know have her like it but have it, all that energy go towards the heels you know what i mean it was sort of the same wish people it was the same thing people kind of wished upon the Nia, Nia Jax being face yeah yeah well yeah like I, I like I think she, Nyla is Nyla, Nyla is a very likable person, you know. Like Nyla is whole, ten times better is ten times better wrestler than Nia. I'm, Nyla, Nia. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Nyla, it's funny. Nyla, I, Nyla, Nyla. I thought it was funny. She um she posted today. She was like, some guy tried to hit on me while at the store with my mask on. She was just like not done up or anything. She had her mask on. She said, some guy tried to hit on me with my mask on. She goes, either my my eyebrow game is on fleek 
or um which really so the, te- the technology has just or just advanced uh, she goes or he's or he's a big fan of uh or melina oh, i was like damn girl that's some shade throwing but oh oh mask yeah she was wearing a oh, mask shoot. oh okay yeah, yeah, yeah i was gonna say like mask and i'm like oh wait <laughs> that's the new normal now yeah. anyways I, yeah, I thought the post-match with Britt, so it's beginning to look like Swole and Britt Baker, even though Britt Baker is just... Once she's better, I guess. She says, she says she's being re- she's returning to All Out, which is a fucking September. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But we'll see. Who knows? They might, they, might push, they might push All Out to an earlier date. Yeah. Again, Tony is... Uh, that comes backstage. Tony is with Darby Allen. Tony says Allen is not medically cleared and asks if the interview is conducted by Taz is affecting him. And Darby Allen says, life is one big joke, and says to Brian Cage, he'll get the last laugh, he'll meaning referring to himself. I'll get it. I'll get him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this one, with the, what they're doing with Darby Allen. Like, I think, you know, I've, is that is that Brian Cage's post-title match yep. program? Yep, 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 yep. yep, do, you yep. Want, do you want Brian Cage to lose to Darby Allen? Do you want Darby Allen to lose? <sighs> I don't know, man. I don't know. We'll get there. I mean, though, that's the thing. At a certain point, I think good wrestling is going to make us go, what's going to happen? Yeah. So we'll see what's going to happen. It could be really good. It could be horrible. So, And again, Tony working overtime. It could be the best of days. It could be the worst of days. It could be the end of days. Anyways. So, yeah, we got Tony uh, again working overtime here. He's with another interview segment, with, but he's with FTR. He asks what FTR stands for. Dax and Cash says it's a lifestyle and totally not a copyright nightmare. And I think it's super <laughs> smart to leave that FTR um, ambiguous because yeah. you could just make that into a ton of shirts. Yeah. Like yeah. You just for the revival, well, not for the revival, but then like you can you can make a million shirts. Out yeah, of that yeah, FTR. yeah. Business, man. It's business. Uh, I was a little preoccupied when they were when during this promo. Um, I heard a lot of good things about it. The name dropped Meltzer. They talk about the Bucks encounter. Um, Tony Wait. says some. You know, go ahead. They, they said uh, they said you know everyone calls the Bucks a tag team of the century. Uh, Dave Meltzer called them that. You know, this is like what? What does Meltzer know about? Oh, oh. yeah. Uh, Tony he says fuck the revival. You know, in a in a playful way. Well, because he goes he goes oh guys I I, I always thought FTR stood for fuck the revival and they all just kind of like, <laughs> and they just kind of laughed it out like ah hey, you know or it's good jokes and i'm like ah this is a rib yeah. yeah and then after that butcher and blade storm in wearing their 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 finest painters gear painters gear i like their new their new kind of it, it makes them look more like butchers clothes. it makes them look like butchers that's true the that's butcher true. and the blade yeah. they should be butchers i'm sorry but not with gowns and stuff like but i used to be i was a butcher for 10 years and i think them butchers were, usually wear white yeah oh they kind of have to right yeah because it, 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 it you know it i mean we some a lot of times we wear like jeans but like we usually long white gowns with a white apron so is that because they want to know like the red like how how the condition of the meat like if there's too much blood on it or something i don't know i think it's just because like if your apron gets too dirty it can't hide any of the color so you gotta be like this shit's too dirty so you know how dirty it is yeah exactly okay i mean that's that's just my estimation of it but you know you don't want to you don't want dirtiness in regards to meat no you want to keep you got to keep your meats clean yeah kids tell them tucky kids keep keep your meats clean amen uh for some reason, Mark Quinn's challenging Cody Rhodes for the TNT Championship. We talked about that. Alex Marvez is 
another interview segment with Alex Marvez interviewing Cole Cabana. Brody Lee does a thing to him, says cho- telling him to join the Dark Order and that, and that nonsense. <laughs> and Cole Cabana's uh, like, that's crazy. I would never do that. But then drinks the water that they gave him. I kind of want Cole Cabana to join Dark Order. But don't but change don't, anything about him. Exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Hey, guys, uh, this is the pretty cool meeting we got and going then on here. And they, then they're, the, they're the, like trying to get rid of him eventually. They're like, dude, we got to get him out of there. Can we? Uh, no, we sh- there, there should be a segment of him like doing a podcast. With, Welcome like, to the Dark Order podcast. I am your host, number 11. How is that not a gimmick yet? How is nobody taking that? Cole Cabana. Yeah, well, he stopped dude. doing a show, so. I mean, he can just do a fake show. Yeah, yeah. Within the gu- under the guise of you know AW. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's watch like I as, uh, as somebody who was co- like was a one hundred percent right on the Firefly Fun House, which I'm still puzzled by that. That's what's going to happen to Cole Cabana. Yeah. You heard it here first, Oracle of CWR. But our main event: Jungle Boy versus Cody for the TNT Championship. And right off the bat, this came off as like the biggest fucking deal ever. And I am all for it. I hope every match is. I mean, I hope every presentation is like this. Uh, so Tony says Ray Phoenix is going to be in the title picture as well. Like they they mentioned Ray Phoenix's name, and I just feel like that was just. It was a uh, he was the one oversight. Like somebody who was editing the show just forgot to edit that out. Yeah. But um, they scrubbed yeah. through that last like that 30 seconds of that part. They're like, oh, yeah, that part's good. Yeah. Uh, headlocks on Jungle Boy putting over Cody's Laster High School wrestling accolades. You know, like the one time he beat that one kid named Austin. <sighs> yeah. Which, uh, you know, as we would later find out, would be Xavier Woods. They trade very loud chops. Cody ch- catches Jungle Boy with a power slam and then a figure four. Middle rope springboard DDT to Cody, followed by a tope suicida. Um, Jungle Boy goes for another tope, but is caught and tossed to the crowd. Uh, uh, Jungle Boy avoids a headbutt from Cody and hits the concrete retaining wall, thus leading to juice. What? Gig from Cody. This is the point where Cody bleeds in the mouth. Oh, yeah. And I just thought like, oh, Cody. I don't even care anymore, though. It's like that's that's the thing. Like you uh, you've just conditioned your audience into thinking this is going to be the type of match Cody's just going to have. Like, yeah, it's like Cody has to bleed now for him to be like, I don't know if I don't know, man. It's just. Yeah, no, I get it. Cody. Great. There was was a lot of criticism for like for this spot in this match uh, last night. I want blood and guts. Uh, before that happens, you got uh, MJF and Jungle Boy just straight up, like MJF yelling at Jungle Boy. Just saying, I think that was an audible. I think MJF no, knew what was going no, on. I feel I know. I feel like this was part of the this was part of the show where it's like, why are you getting a title match? I'm undefeated. I beat you. And like a lot of points that MJ, like a lot of good points MJF is saying. And I just, man, I hope, I hope Jungle Boy and MJF are attached to the hip for the rest of their careers. Because I feel like that is a that I feel like that's going to be like, like the flare steamboat, like the like the AEW rivalry, the rivalry in AEW. Because like the mm. like the chemistry between these two, like you have Jungle Boy just being kind of just silent, yeah. But then he kind of holds don't hold. That's Jungle Boy's kind of thing, though. He doesn't really being being stupid, yeah, being he, stoic. Yeah, he his his. I've never known Jungle Boy to be the best on the mind he's hum he's hum he's very humble oh yeah yeah I, very I, I really humble. think very he humble. Has great a, great athlete to a point like that where that connects with the audience you know he's yeah. just like he yes he has a gimmick and yes it's very you know over a little bit over the top but then it's it's an it's a thing it's his thing but then there's a very humanizing there's a very humanizing element to jungle boy you know you have right. the natural storyline with Lu- 
I mean, I don't want to call this a story. It's 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 a little bit tasteless to call it a storyline, but you kind of have this thing, like kind of have this thing with him, like you know, being the son of Luke Perry, and having you know Luke Perry passing away, and then you you kind of just have that sort of connection with Jungle. It's a very human element. Yeah, uh, yeah, like yeah. I, like I said before, but yeah, they argue with each other. Cody bleeds. Something like yeah, uh, Jungle Boy tries to pin Cody repeatedly. He kind of takes advantage of this. A tail. I don't. I was sort of out of the room and I wasn't able to pause this, but a table gets set up. Like, do you remember who sets up that table? No. Well, outside the ring, there's a table just conveniently placed there. And uh, Cody and then like Cody and Jungle Boy, they both fall into it. Um, Cody gets up. Like, I thought this was going to be like a count out and we're going to get like another match out of this. Uh, No, no, no. But then Cody, they uh, we'll we'll, we'll save our count outs for NXT. Yeah. Um, they get back into the ring. Schoolboy, another schoolboy attempt on Cody, but Cody gets the crossroads, and then Cody retains. And Made I sense. thought this was a pretty good match. Yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't blow. I could have taken that five minutes off of the first match and added it here, but whatever. That's true. That's true. But um, yeah, I thought it was a pretty good match. Not the best match. Like I don't even go as far as the match of the week, but. Uh, this they they had a fireworks and pyro as they celebrate jungle um post match they jungle boy and cody they were just you see cody in jungle boy's ear you like you, you could tell like he was just good match kid him. good match like, kid you're the future of this company and all yeah. this other stuff it's yeah um and that was AEW dynamite yeah good, good it good was time. taped um it definitely had that sense. like there was no picture in picture there's I'm beginning to feel like there's a sense of like they, they, they do have to tape and they do have to like kind of have like that whole two week rest period. Yeah. But I want to say like there there are tape shows and there are live shows. And yeah. They, and there's yeah. a very distinct feeling between the two of them. You know, live does really go a long way, and this definitely just kind of felt that way. Yeah. Well, let's move on, I guess, from AEW Dynamite to NXT, which also happened last night at the exact same time. Oh, funny how that works. You know that. Uh, We kicked off the show with Candice LeRae versus Mia Yim. Apparently, Mia Yim is now monikered as Yimitless. Yimitless. Uh, LeRae tries to go for a goes toe to toe with Yim, but Yim quickly powers out of that. Uh, slams her into the corner, hits her with a boot. Uh, LeRae takes over, hits her with a couple, couple running sentons to Yim's back. And two women exchanging strikes on the outside. Uh, then we have a wheelbarrow throw to LeRae into the barricade. Uh, both women are too focused on fighting uh, each other that they get both counted out. Uh, LeRae hits a sloppy hurricane run to Yim into the NXT Tron. Uh, that's when um, Tegan Knox comes out to hold LeRae back. Uh, then eventually Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez come out to attack Mia Yim. And um, Shotzi Blackheart soon follows all women fighting. And then suddenly, and then all of a sudden, suddenly there's a an edit. I don't know if this is an editing error or something from what I was watching, but it seemed like it cut from Shotzi Blackheart fucking throwing the shit out of Dakota Kai for the second week in a row to uh, Keith Lee in the ring with Mia Yim and Gargano on the outside. They just appear. And uh, it's WWE, so let's have a mixed tag match. The Garganos... I'm not, I'm not in ring gear. I'm not prepared. Exactly. And you said you didn't watch the show. The Garganos... I did. I, like I said, like I got full discretion of the viewer and audience. I only got to the point where until after the Adam Cole 
yeah. video because USA Network streaming oh, decided to tell me to go fuck myself. So, uh, let's see. The Garganos leave because Johnny isn't dressed to compete. Lee grabs Johnny, picks him up, and brings him back in the ring with a military press slam. Um, that's when uh, Lee, he said, tosses him into the ring. Lee brings LeRae back into the ring. Uh, bell rings. Yim uh, beats down on LeRae. Yim uh, teases tagging in uh, Lee to get Gargano in the ring. Dragon suplex to LeRae. And then Gargano sweeps Yim's legs. Uh, Lee goes after Gargano. Lee goes for a powerbomb, but Gargano gouges his eyes with his, uh, his own car keys. And uh, Yim just comes back in the ring and rolls up LeRae and a one, two, three pin. And the Garganos win this one. Um, we'll see if Keith Lee has an eye patch on coming this Sunday at NXT TakeOver in your house. Um, we have a Karrion Cross Tommaso Ciampa video package. Uh, that match, though, uh, Gargano, he's, I mean, you can only be on top for so long, right? <laughs> I mean, it's it's something It's something else. I mean, it's it's something uh, you, else for him uh, to do. Uh, I mean, a Gar- I mean, yeah. Yeah, and I just feel like that's just what Johnny Gargano has been for the past six months. Yeah. Here's something he can do. Here's something he can do. He can turn heel. He can do this. He can, he do, can do it at all. He's Johnny Gargano. He's Johnny Wrestling. Uh, carrying across Tommaso Ciampa video package. Just kind of re uh, recapping the last couple of weeks. Then we have Mackenzie backstage with Dexter Loomis. She asked a question. Um... You know, she's a, what do you, how do you feel about, you know, Velveteen Dream having a shot at the title? What do you think his chances are? And then Dexter Loomis walks away and you go, okay, he's walking away. That's that's typical WWE heel thing to do. But then he walks back into frame with an art pad and like paint and markers and he starts Uh, to draw something. Is this something they did in Dexter? Was he a drawer? I think it's just one of those, uh, it's just one of those uh, serial killer traits where they're just they're at the end of the day they're just art at the end of the day they're artists. He's mute, you know what right? I mean? Like they have he's a they mute. have just certain they just have these certain talents. Yeah, I guess. Uh, then we cut we that that cuts back in later, and then we cut back to earlier today. Mackenzie, she's uh, interviewing Drake Maverick on the outside when he's coming in on the outside of the uh, Full Sail University while Drake Maverick's coming to the arena. And uh, she asks him, how does he feel about today? And he basically says, it could be the best day of my life. It could be the worst day of my life. Um, but the fact that, you know, he's here fighting for it is just all, everything he wanted, at least. It's at least a shot to fight for his job. You know, he's coming in here. He's coming in guns blazing. Yeah, Drake Maverick. Uh, then we have Prime Target, Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream. Uh, so the Undisputed Era pick up Adam Cole in the limo complete with uh, Kyle O'Reilly. And it, it was just a, a, a pleasure to see Kyle O'Reilly back. All his facial expressions. Mwah. Magnificent. Uh, then we cut to, um, they're just all in a limo going out to dinner to celebrate um, Adam Cole being champion for 365 days. And they're out having dinner at a restaurant that sounds very packed, but you can't see one it's other just, person it's in there. It's ADR. It's just ADR. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we cut to Velveteen Dream. He's uh, rollerblading around Full Sail University, <laughs> and uh, he um, he's back in his chair. He asks, probably the same place where uh, Matt Riddle is doing his uh, electric skateboard. Exactly. Uh, Velveteen, I'll race you, bro. Let's go, man. Velveteen Dream uh, is back in his chair. He asks his ladies to 
bring a mirror and asks the mirror, it's mirror, mirror on the wall, who will be the greatest NXT champion of them all? And fucking Prince appears. I started to die. This was hilarious. Uh, Prince appears and said, well, it'll be you, Velveteen Dream. It was never seen... It might as well be Prince, but it was never said to be Prince. It was Prince. It, it was Prince. He, that, that guitar, yeah. yeah it was that, Prince. That was, re- like, that was ridiculous, dude. Because, like, ridiculous I always awesome. see these prime, I, I see these prime targets as, like, like the, the, the shit that they did in NXT UK. That's what I, like, expected. But, like, this just was just another yeah. ridiculous-ass WWE-ass production. It like, was funny. There was a, there, it, yeah, it was, it was entertaining. Um, but what I did like, um, you can, yeah, you can just go, uh, what else happened? No, that was, that was pretty much oh, okay. Well, they had, a what's his name? Pat McAfee on, oh, the, yeah. yeah, on this part where he, I thought this was actually the best part of this video where he compares him to Dennis Rodman, where he, he has this flamboyant attitude, but what makes that flamboyant attitude you know, stand out. What what legitimizes that flamboyant attitude is that he can actually go. Like yeah. he can yeah, actually yeah. produce in the ring, and he can actually. And this is this is what McAfee's words, not mine. But then, it's that's what kind of just makes him a cut above the rest. Yeah, like the flam the flamboyancy added with the, the, the legitimacy with the skill. Yeah, hopefully. Again, their words, not mine. Yeah, but I thought yeah. this was a really good way to explain this character. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a good whole video package. You know, it, it was, it was weird. good. It, it was, was just... it had that ridiculousness of the WWE, but then the legitimacy of like of a documentary kind of. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's so, just like it's it, it just wasn't what I thought expect, yeah. when I thought of Prime Target, which was those NXT UK uh, vignettes, which are out of this fucking world. The ones the the, the ones who made that Drew McIntyre Scotland mountain video yeah uh then we have uh dexter loomis cuts back to him and mckenzie apparently he drew characters and uh he is uh drawing characters of him driving a car with uh three undisputed era members in the back seat so i mean my presumption of what's going to happen is that they're going to cut back to prime target NXT takeover in your house they're going to drop Adam Cole off and they're going to say later Adam have a good match and all of a sudden the driver it's like Undertaker it's going to be Dexter Loomis and he's going to get rid of them and um, fuck man maybe Velveteen Dream is going to win the title but we'll get into that at the end of the show uh Let's see. Someone knows. Tony Nice versus uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott this is because um, Swerve threw Ella Shade at Nice a couple weeks ago Saying, uh, you know, if I didn't win any matches in this NXT tournament, I would quit. Um, I mean, this was this was a match. Um, they had a lot of back and forth. Uh, Jack Gallagher comes out at a certain point to distract Swerve. Nice goes for a sunset driver, but Swerve reverses into a sunset flip for the pin and the win. Gallagher hits the ring, tries to uh, attack Swerve, but he runs away. So I guess Tony Nice and Jack Gallagher are an, are uh, like a tag team again. Were they before? Weren't they before? I believe they were. I don't fucking know, man. Anymore. That was 205 Live stuff that happened. It's very 205 Live-y. So. Uh, A.K.A. fucking purgatory. Yeah. Undisputed Era versus Lorcan and Verts versus a mystery team, which turns out to be the return of Brizongo. So yeah, this is a surprise. Uh, they come out dressed like um, astronauts, which I'm assuming is a reference to Space Force on Netflix. Because I don't see what else they're referencing right now. It's the only thing that's relevant. Have you seen it? Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty funny. Have you seen it? 
No. It's it's like Steve Carell. I heard I heard it was not funny. It's but. it's cheesy funny. Like it's you know it's it's good to watch in the background. Um, yeah, so Brizon goes back and they um, they have a match with these two other teams and it's a triple threat match. So three men in the ring at one time and they win. I mean, they they come back and they win the number one contenders. I just didn't see this happening. Uh, Beauty shot to fish followed by an elbow drop by Fandango. Fandango gets the pin and the win and they will be facing Imperium, um, I guess, at takeover in your house. So that's that's definitely a match after the match. I mean, it, it's a match. It's super simple. These guys, they make didn't they have this match already? Like a couple like a year ago when Imperium first came and because they were saying you disgrace the ring fan. Dang. Yeah, they did. This match has already been had. But nonetheless, um, uh, Imperium comes out after the match, stare down Fandango and outcome in the share uh, led by Malcolm Bevan. And, uh, I mean, fuck, I think we're just going to lead to that match eventually, right? I mean, one would assume. Yeah, I mean, what did you think of the triple threat match? Dude, I didn't see it. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Then I'll just keep going. Let's see. Aaliyah versus Santana Gare. Oh, sorry. Um, Then we cut back to Chelsea Green. She fired Robert Stone last week. I don't know why. I think because she's getting called up. Oh. Sean Ross, like yeah, Sean Ross Sapp reported that Chelsea Green is getting called up. Okay, uh, Aaliyah versus Santana Garrett. Aaliyah takes it to Santana, uh, but then a disheveled Robert Stone comes out to cheer on Aaliyah. Um, Garrett hits a handspring moonsault to Aaliyah and gets the pin and the win. I think this is like Santana Garrett's first or second win on NXT TV. So good, good on her. Uh, it seems like they're placing Aaliyah with Robert Stone, and we'll see how that works out. Uh-huh. We had to look up on. I'm looking up on Google who Santana Garrett is. She's the one with the headband. She's the woman of a thousand gimmicks. She's a. She's the mechanic. She's the superhero. She's the <laughs> yeah, exactly thousand gimmicks. Uh, prime target women's championship. Rhea Ripley gets up really early because she can. <laughs> I, I there was not really much takeaway hey, from this. Getting up, getting up really early in the morning is underrated. Hey, you know what? Amen to that. Um, let's see. Then we have Cameron Grimes versus Bronson Reed, which I wasn't a huge fan of this match because you had Cameron Grimes, who just beat Finn Balor, selling and selling and selling for Bronson Reed. Um, I mean, on paper, Cameron Grimes versus Bronson Reed isn't that exciting. No, I don't really. I'm not a huge fan of Bronson. Reed. And I say this as somebody who, th- who, who thinks both their talents are above average. Yeah. Um, after the match, though, Karrion Cross comes out and hits a Doomsday Saito. Um, well, sorry, the match was uh, uh, Reed beating down on Grimes for about five minutes, and then he falls, misses a splash, cave into Reed, pin and win. After the match, Karrion Cross comes out, hits a Doomsday Saito to Bronson Reed, and then Karrion Cross says in, into the camera, "This Sunday, there will be a very special tick tock." Is he doing fucking TikTok videos or something? The way he words this shit is weird. I would be down to see TikTok him. Him and Scarlett videos. just start flossing. Oh my god! I don't know. I'm of flossing course. right now. Yeah, sure. Something. Why not? Sure. No, it's just gonna be TikTok videos of just him being like this, where he's just like really close to the screen, just saying stuff while he's talking with his eyebrows because he can't see his mouth. You so go. you're gonna see here right now, and then everything like this. And then we cut to our main event of the evening, uh, Drake Maverick versus oh good. El oh Hio oh Del Fantasma. Uh, I mean, this was a match, and uh, they had 
I mean, it was good. There was a massive sit-down powerbomb to Drake Maverick on the outside. Fantasma dominating Drake. Uh, but Drake will not go down for a pin. Uh, another sit-down powerbomb inside the ring, followed by a kick-out. Casadora to Fantasma. Elbow drop to Fantasma. Kick-out at one. The two fighting on the turnbuckle. Both men fall out. And then out come the Luchadors. They stare down uh, Fantasma. And um, which, you know, Drake goes for a tope to the Luchadors. And then Phantasma throws Drake back in the ring, hits a super kick, followed by a phantom driver, pins him uh, to become not your interim cruiserweight champion, but your NXT cruiserweight champion. No mention of the word interim anymore. So we'll see what happens with that. I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what's happened to um, to Jordan Devlin because um, I thought that was fucking great. His match a couple months ago when he won the title I, was a great match. So, wait. Uh, so Jordan Devlin, I guess, is, was stripped of the title. No, it's interim. They so, did not mention interim, dude, for like the past two or three weeks. They've been so saying just, cruiserweight champion. I think he's secretly been stripped. You can of the, you, you you can still say it. I think I think they are going to go. I, really? I mean, I'm checking on WWE.com right now. Let's see WWE.com. We're going to get to the bottom of this. Even though, oh yes, because the world needs to know. The I think the world does need to know. To the cruiserweight championship. Uh, really, you know, but it, what what did you think? Oh, you didn't see the match, but I mean, it was. But, uh, but like the thing is, the main takeaway from this week's NXT. El Hijo del Fantasma. He's um. Oh no no okay so you're I'm correct uh, you're right uh, El Hijo del. And I didn't even watch the show. He's still on the WWE champion um, page. It says Cruiserweight champion El Hijo del Fantasma slash Jordan Devlin. They should defend it like um, like China and Jericho did when they were co-intercontinental yeah. champions. So, I mean, they're just going to have a match against each other to figure out who's the undisputed Cruiserweight champion. <laughs> I mean, by MMA, by MMA. Yeah, like, no, yeah, yeah. So, like, that's, that's the thing, though. Like, he... Yeah, Fantasma won, but the main thing coming out of this show was Drake Maverick. And after the match, yeah, after the match, he uh, he lost. But uh, Papa Triple H comes down and goes, here's your graduation papers. You made it, kid. And he gets an NXT contract. And everyone goes, yay. I don't know how that is. That's kind of fucked, honestly. Why? <laughs> because you have this person who was very, like, Drake Maverick is one amongst the dozens upon dozens of people who got fired. And then it took all it took for Drake Maverick was to pretty much t- put out, bring out this teary eyed Twitter video. And I'm not saying this out of fault for I'm not saying Drake Maverick is at fault for any of this. In fact, he he should he should be kind of commended for the work that he actually put through on this, yeah. I guess. But it's. It's really, it's it's really telling how 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 easily WWE was able to give him his job back. Ah, uh, I mean, yeah, sure. If he got fired, yeah, I agree. If he got fired, that dude, because that, I mean, yeah, you could believe that he was never really. Fu- but then, wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be also kind of fucked up that they turned it at a yeah. fight like yeah. in the background of a bunch of people being fired? They made this one of a storyline firing too. Yeah, but like nonetheless, like. What does that say about like how WWE just treats that sort of these sort of situations? Like I, just, <laughs> I mean, I think we've said it a million times. They're not letting people. They're they're telling their audience who are their workers. We are watching you. Have some pep in your step. 
it didn't sit well with me, honestly. Well, like, but then like WWE yeah, man, like what? Kudos, what's the hey, kudos to Drake Maverick of getting his job back and you know doing that. Like, what by any means necessary, right? For the greater good, and amen all that to that. Stuff. And it's just, and you know, I'm I'm glad he got his job back. But then you also have to look in the background where, you know, during a global pandemic, during a you know, where people are being furloughed or being laid off. Nigel McGuinness being one of those people, you know, one of your commentators on NXT. It's, it's a rough look, man. It is a really rough look. Yeah, I completely agree. But let's, uh, we only got a couple minutes left. Let's talk about NXT TakeOver in your house happening this Sunday night. Six matches announced for the card. Uh, five of a matter. Uh, we kick off with Mia Yam, Shotzi Blacker, and Tegan Knox versus Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, and Raquel Gonzalez. I mean, it's a match. Yeah, it's a match. That's our prediction. Keith Lee, Johnny Gargano. This is gonna be a good one. I I actually am kind of looking forward to this one just to see Contrast how Johnny Gargano. Sure. Ta- I just want to see Johnny Gargano's take on a big man. I just want to see him take on a big man like Keith Lee, and I think they're both very. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I don't see. I mean, I don't know. That's one of the ones I, I don't. I, I can see going either way too. Uh, Adam Cole versus Same. and uh, Keith Lee can be called up. <laughs> Adam know, Cole they're versus up, they're calling up Dijakovic. Might Adam, as well call up his other dude. Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream in a last chance backlot brawl for the NXT Championship. If Dream I think this loses, is a write up for either person. I think this is a write up for Adam Cole. I think Dream is winning the title. I think Dream is losing, but he's getting called up. I mean, we'll see. Uh, Finn Balor, Damian Priest. I can see the real rock and roller. When that the Prince Devitt, Prince Devitt. Uh, who do you see? Damian Priest, Finn Balor. I'm gonna see Finn Balor. I'm gonna say Finn Balor. Uh, Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, Io Shirai, NXT Women's Championship. I think it's Io's um, time. I think it's Io's time to shine. It would be weird for Charlotte to lose it so fast, but I think it's Io's time to shine. I think, yeah, I want EO to win, um, and I think EO should have a long reign, but then you end that story. You think this is just a total resignation on the on, on the part of Charlotte Flair being NXT champion, thinking that she would bring eyeballs to more people when the majority of the segments that she was involved in have, le- have lost viewers yeah. in those quarter hours. Um, I can see WWE just being kind of stingy in regards to that. Like they're going to keep, they're going to keep on keeping on with this whole Charlotte Flair thing. Yeah. So I think Charlotte, I think Charlotte's winning this, and I think it should be EO should get that title win in a better stage at this point. Uh, and then the uh, last, but her getting the title would just be, would be great regardless. And the last match, but I think Charlotte's winning. The last match we're going to talk about is uh, Tomasa Ciampa, Karrion Cross, Karrion Cross, man. I don't think Champa's. I don't think this was. This is Karrion Cross's welcome, welcome, welcome mat. Yeah, um, Champa's going to put him over. He's going to do the job for him. I, I don't think it's going to be a situation where he's going to take the pin. I think Champa's going to be knocked out or some sort of. Yeah, you know, he passed out due to exhaustion. He he never gave up. Look at that. He's, yeah, he could just yeah. So so NXT, uh, AW, and Takeover in your house now. Todd Pettengill. Todd. Over and under. Uh, over and under of him being there. Yes, over. Over. I don't know what that means. Because Todd Pettengill is over. <laughs> uh, but guys, um, yeah, we're going to get out of here for today. That about does it here for us. Uh, next show, I think, uh, takeover review. Is that you, Michael? 
Are you co-hosting that? All right. We will see you guys either Monday morning or Sunday night. Have a wonderful day, and we'll see you guys later. Bye.